and welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland. This is episode four. I'm Denali, the Jackhammer Kegel. <laughs> um, yeah, we have definitely been calling you that for your entire life. Well, I, I figured if you want a nickname, you got to start sometime. Yeah. And just, you guys can call me the Jackhammer. Brian, you could, this is part where you say your, your name. Oh, maybe yeah. a fun nickname. Uh, I'm Ryan. You want me to give it my nickname? Yeah, like a nickname you want. Like, I figure we, we should, like, say the nicknames we want so people okay. know. Um, I would really, honestly, like, I think Daredevil is just such a good nickname. Ryan the Daredevil. Unironically. I think yeah. unironically, if it wasn't, like, a superhero and also, like, a profession of sorts, mm -hmm. I think that just is... It's a great name. Mm -hmm. If you could, like, wipe your mind as to the meaning of the word yeah. Daredevil, I think Gone. it's so cool. Dare and Devil. Boom. That nickname. sounds cool. That Daredevil. Sounds cool. It's alliteration. Okay. I want to be called Daredevil. But also... Okay. Hold no connotations with it. No connotations. Yeah. No superhero yeah. anything. But you right. are a lawyer. Oh, definitely. Okay, okay. okay. All right. Hmm. Jace? Hi, everybody. My name's Jace Barley, and uh, I'm the arch nemesis of Daredevil. Truth God. <laughs> <laughs> I could not stop thinking about Truth I God. I know. Well, <laughs> uh, I've never the been... The man with lots of fear. <laughs> <laughs> the man with crippling anxiety. <laughs> but wouldn't it be a woman? Um, okay, we're doing total opposites. <laughs> well, if it's if it's that he has a lot of fear, that's pretty opposite. We okay. got to go all the way. If it's you want to go all the way, that means it's a woman, and she has a halo. And then her costume is that only her bottom mouth is covered <laughs> and everything else, there's nothing. And she could see, but that's it. We've established that. She can see, she, she can see, taste. She can't feel. Yep. She can see, taste. She sees sounds. Physical touching. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Daredevil's power, anyways? Oh, I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what, what that would look like. Um, okay, uh, Truth God, Jace, Truth God. Um, Ryan's uh, Daredevil, and I'm I'm the Jackhammer, and let's try to keep you know, yeah. try to keep these nicknames going. Um, yeah, I don't want them to slip. Change your social media really profiles to mm. the Jackhammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, you you can do it right now. Oh, I already I, got the Twitter name. I'll lag um, you by a day. Well, <laughs> just listen, guys. I mean, I wanted to start us off with um, some icebreakers because um, you know we've we've been friends for you know for ten plus years. We've known each other pretty. We know each other pretty well, um, but people don't know us uh, maybe very well as as friends. You know, so I figured to kind of kind of loosen things up a little bit. We'll kind of ha I have some fun icebreaker questions um, for for each of you, and then uh, so uh, so so Ryan, I'll start with you. Okay, so uh, what was the make and model of your first car? Oh man, you know this car, mm -hmm. the Geo. The Geo. Okay. The nice. Geo Prism. What, um, Geo Prism. Okay, nice. Yeah. All right. Do no, you also want that, my social security number? That was good. That was good. Um. So, so Jace, if uh -huh. you were a potato, how would you like to be cooked? Ooh, I'd like I'd like to be a smashed potato. So maybe mm. cooked twice. Um, twice. Yeah. Babe. Yeah. <laughs> so either That's like fun. you know boiled, smashed, and then pan fried. 
Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. I want okay, cover I like me in answer. oil and heat me up. And heat, <laughs> heat me up. Okay, sweet. Uh, Ryan, I got another question for you. Um, mom's maiden name. <laughs> um, mom's not just, gonna don't even think about it. This. You're not going to believe this, guys. Yeah. I'm serious. But it's Daredevil. It's Daredevil? Yeah. I, now, Ryan, I want you to take these icebreaker questions seriously. Our fans have to know the truth. I think, I think actually... Jay's answered his question without hesitation, without joking around. And yeah, you're just I'm giving serious. It's fucking nothing right now. It, it's pronounced Derry Deville. Hmm. Oh, Dally Deville. It's French. Yeah, it's French. Yeah, Francais. Okay. Um, all right, well, I'll go back to Jace. Um, mm -hmm. What animal would you be if you were like an animor animorph? If I was an animorph, I would want to turn yeah. to something that everyone would love to cuddle. Um, but then could yeah. claw your face off. So like uh, oh, okay. a red panda, maybe, or Ooh, nice um, endangered. Yeah, we gotta restore the population. Oh, see, <laughs> so you want to be a red panda? What? No. Um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that brings up the question: Once you anamorph. Yeah. Are you still attracted to humans? <laughs> does it does it stay in your mind? Like when you go back to a human, yeah. Are you, do you look at Red Panda and you think about your memories? Are you like, damn, that Red Panda's hot? Though. I think they had like full. Auto oh yeah, the, uh, yeah. Do you do you become a full? Because it it seems to be that if being a human and anamorphing into a Red Panda stops you from being able to have sex and reproduce with red pandas, mm -hmm. then why can you still re reproduce as a human? You know? Wait. Fuck. Yeah, wait. So, if you have, if you got turned into red panda, you still have Jace DNA. Yeah. And if you have sex with another red panda, mm -hmm. you are combining your Jace DNA with that red panda. Like, your, your Jace DNA is in this animal, and you're creating more red pandas, right? Yeah. And, like, if you have a real human kid, like, that kid and that panda, they're going to be, like, brothers, brothers. right? Or sisters. Like, they're literally half-siblings. Those yeah. red pandas all own part of my estate. And that is scary <laughs> from a tax standpoint. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a legal nightmare. Yeah. Man. That is so fucked. I, I wish there was, like, an adult Animorph that kind of went over this. Because, you know, Animorph rules. Um, I don't know if you guys remember... Um, you have to turn back to human. Or you what, stay as an two, animal, right? You'll stay as an animal after two and a half hours. And I know Tobias... short? It was really short. Like, one of them stayed an animal permanently, and he got fucked. He was a red-tailed hawk for, like, a year. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Hmm. Well, Ryan, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a real one, um, now that I have enough information. Um, what, what, what animorph animal would you be? Um, if you were... If you were part of the Animorphs or just in general, like if you got this gift. I think, yo, birds, man. Birds are birds. way underrated by people. Yeah, mm -hmm. true. And so the, the difference is, though, you have, like, predatory birds who mm -hmm. will still, like, literally eat things alive and, like, eat their guts and stuff. And then yeah. you have non-predatory birds. I don't know how, I don't know how much I feel about eating, living off of like rat livers for the rest of my life so i don't know if i want to be like a predatory well, you don't bird. have to you don't have to stay the bird you just turn into it when it's action time or if oh. you just want to be a bird oh hell yeah like jace is eagle man as a red panda okay yeah. eagle. Eagle. nice it would because because you know why it number one america number two yeah. 
um, Armageddon. I would it would lessen my chances of getting shot by some hunter or poacher. Yeah. That is so true. You got you got legal protections. That is so yeah. important. <laughs> and then Red Panda is also smart for the same reason. This is that brings up an interesting. I want to know yours, Denali, but this brings up an interesting yeah. topic that we talked about last week. In that, mm-hmm. when you run away from your house for exercise, uh-huh. the point at which you turn around is halfway. But if yeah. you've completely oh, yeah. exhausted yourself, yeah, the last the leg back is gonna be shit. If you're an anamorph <laughs> and you turn into a fucking dolphin and you swim out into yeah. the ocean for two hours and you're like, oh, I gotta turn back, shit, no, you're stuck out there. <laughs> well, you fucked up because you picked dolphin. Like that's that's the thing. Like there was a dolphin girl in Animorphs, and the thing is, they're soldiers, dude. Like they have to fight, like mostly on land. And so, like, they have to wheel her ass as a dolphin Animorphs around, are soldiers. Dumping, I don't remember these like, books at all. Water on her, presumably. What are you like, talking about, soldiers? Yeah, dude, they got they got employed to fight the Yurks, and you know, with like the there's an alien war. The Yurks were like those worms that like went in people's brains and controlled them in the government. Come on, am I the only what? fucking one who read Animorphs? <laughs> Hear me out. If you could anamorph into a dolphin, it would be a lot yes. more acceptable for you to go to SeaWorld and hump people. It would. There is a little bit of a dolphin pass. And I there, think because people I see the YouTube videos. I think Ben Affleck mm-hmm. might do that. He might go dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> that, Sorry. I could I could see him doing dolphin. He has some kind of weird like he, he does remind me of an animal. Um, I don't know which. Um, but I'll, let me tell you my, my animorph, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, you know, and, and this, is, this could be independent of... No, no, this will be, be if I'm part of the animorph army. Um, it would be probably like a clam of some sorts. Um, that way, I, like, people won't notice me. Like, I'd be the ultimate spy. Like, if they're at, like, a yerk party where they're all like, ha, 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 we're talking about eater, evil plans. Like, I will be, like, on the hors d'oeuvres shelf like, next to all of the other, like, oyster shooters and stuff, and I'll be, like, a clam in the ice ice bath, listening in on the plans. And then when I need to bail out, boom, I'm a human. I run out the door. No big deal. I'd be, like, an espionage anamorph. But I think I <laughs> yeah. He's got offensive and defensive capabilities. Extremely what offensive, offensive capabilities does he have? Extreme. I, um, I think shooting water out of his... I think the only clams that have ever hurt anybody is, like, the clams in Mario 64 in the well, water okay. level. Clams can squirt water extremely hard and straight in the eyeballs in a well, well-timed well squirt into the eyes that's unsuspecting. Like, if a yurt guy's, like, driving a car or something, make him crash the car. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be a front-lines guy. Let me hmm. be clear. But I do think Clam's pretty good. Um, or, you know, I was thinking, like, mantis shrimp, too. I like crustaceans, you know. I like uh, I like sea animals with shells. Because um, not everyone gets, like, the specialized, like, naval missions, you know. Like, everyone's land, air, that's all fucking taken, you know. But, like, I'll be, like, the specialized agent, you know. Ryan, I heard you had something interesting <laughs> happen to you this past week. <laughs> Last night, he um... Well, you heard wrong, but I yeah. did do something fun today. I want to talk okay. about this. I want to talk about this. So I briefed on it a little bit, but 
my I've long had this theory called the popcorn curve. Mm -hmm. And this is a theory that really has no scientific backing from my standpoint. It's just years of experience going to the movie theaters, being a fool who falls for the overpriced concessions Mm -hmm. and wondering how I can get my money's worth. And normally when I'm in a movie, I'm thinking, don't eat all your popcorn right away. You want to save some for the end of the movie. But by the end of the movie, the popcorn sucks. Mm-hmm. When you bite it, it like squishes. It doesn't like yeah. crunch through. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, of course. And But if you are careful enough and you leave the popcorn in the bag for another few hours, the popcorn gets good again. And it's it- even good the following morning. Oh, so you're saying not just from a subjective perspective. You think like the popcorn's quality increases like in a little Something happens to the popcorn <laughs> over a Something period of chemically. time. And I, and I call it the popcorn curve because it starts out really good. Okay. And then it gets really bad. And then it gets good again. And so I've been having this argument. Not really argument because me and my wife, Julie, who is, by the way, the most beautiful creature on this earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been yeah. having this topic of debate for years yeah and we both kind of agree but i'm much more i'm much more believing in the idea that popcorn somehow breaks the laws of culinary and physics mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of course so today we did an experiment and we started this last night we started popping bags at set intervals starting last night at like 9 p.m and yeah. <laughs> continuing until like noon today and we put we had a set list of steps that we would take. So every bag came out the same. We'd put them in yeah. unmarked uh, paper bags. We'd secretly write on the bottom of the bag so that we would know when they were actually made. And then we tried each of them. And us and a friend rated each of the bags okay. from best to worst. Mm-hmm. And we also kind of in our minds thought, of course, the best would be the freshest. Yeah. But literally after like... Two, the two minutes that took us to set up the experiment and blind ourselves to, like, which bag was where, um, the popcorn had t- returned to room temp from the fresh batch. Mm-hmm. So it w- truly was. We could not tell which popcorn was from where. And mm. the, the, the coolest thing is every single one of us confirmed the popcorn curve. Every single one of us in a different way, yeah. like, slightly, we all rated the one that was only two hours old. Mm-hmm. the worst like by far we were all just disgusted by this popcorn that was only two <laughs> hours old but the so julie correctly got she thought the freshest popcorn was the best okay i thought the popcorn that was four hours old was the best okay and our friend who was overdoing the experiment with us thought the popcorn that was 16 hours old was the best and that it just made me so happy like i was jumping with joy that uh not only do we fool people into mm-hmm. by letting them eat popcorn that's a day old but yeah. also fooling them into thinking that it was good popcorn that it was the best popcorn we had so it was in a way aged to perfection yeah it, it needed time to breathe much There's like a-, a nice you know gruyere cheese mm-hmm there's a popcorn sommelier out there who's listening to this or who'll listen to this. They'll be like, oh, I fucking knew it. I've been telling people for years. And they'll hear yeah. your, your experiment. And we put them in paper bags so that some of the oil will be soaked up. But we left the paper bags open because, you know, you don't like seal it up when you're at the movies. 
your mm-hmm. methods are very good. <laughs> this is oh, a yeah. solid scientific method. So I'm, I'm there. Good. There's a there's a principle you you guys might have heard. It's called the Pareto principle. Um, mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, used in, not a fool. Yeah, we've all heard of that in business and uh, and <laughs> you know what you can do. Statistics. You should explain it anyways, just for the people just who are for the, the yeah. idiots know who about know. it. Yeah, uh, it states that eighty percent of the outcomes, uh, like of a situation, mm-hmm. uh, may, in fact, generally come from twenty percent of the causes. Twenty percent of of the causes. That's what I was. That's what I knew. Um, so I knew that. Yeah, I'm... that might still not make sense <clears throat> to the people out there who are really, really dense. So could yeah. you mind restating yeah. that? Explain it for the absolute fucking smooth <laughs> brain idiots who don't understand this. The people who are drinking right now. Um, in a lot of situations, uh, mm-hmm. and this generally breaks down for me in process engineering, when you may see uh, a failure in a some kind of task you do, uh-huh. at a big overview of it, if you see a batch of failures... You can generally yeah. pinpoint one cause that's causing the outcomes. The anyway, 20 okay. Um, is... So I was thinking, I was thinking with this out, there has to be one thing I think maybe Ryan that you or somebody mm-hmm. else in your group likes. One of these outcomes of the popcorn that causes you to like it. That might be flipped, but like, so some people might like a crunchier popcorn, and your popcorn is probably going to be the crunchiest in your popcorn curve at the beginning when it's fresh cracked and it's got hot oil on it. And then again, once it's begun to uh, become stale after the carbohydrates begin to, you know, oxidize and you get, yeah, whatever. Uh, That's literally exactly what I was thinking. Um, okay, cut that. Ryan, I think that the popcorn <laughs> curve, bias-wise, probably relates to how crunchy the popcorn is. It's really crunchy at the beginning, oh, and it's really it becomes yeah. more crunchy when it's stale. Yeah. But in that in that in that little dip in yes. the dip, it becomes uh-huh. stale, wet, and disgusting. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah that that makes sense jace um you added a good discussion section to ryan's popcorn paper and ryan when you said popcorn curve i thought it was like um like the consumption rate because like the popcorn oh, curve, every, no, everyone knows the consumption rate curve of like you eat 80 percent of your popcorn in like the first you know yes. little bit of the movie and then you spend mm-hmm. the entire movie kind of eating a little bit of it toward you know all yeah. until the end um, and then, of course, you've eaten so much salt and, like, bloated corn that you fucking hate it at the end. That, that's what I thought you were relay, relaying to as well about the quality. I was like, you just you just hate it at the end because it's just too much. But it's, but you're just yeah. saying there's a there's a literal thing that's changing about the popcorn that makes Something it happens. Okay, Ryan, yeah, I want you... Doing good illustration. Okay. That's good. I want you to hire some kind of protection for the next, like, week or so. Um, cause I do feel Orville's like coming at me. You Orville's, Orville's coming, coming for you. <laughs> they know Orville is coming for you. <laughs> he wants you to eat those fresh bags straight out of the thing. So you can make the maximum amount of money, dude. You think Orville got to the top of the popcorn game by being Mr. Nice Popper? I don't think so, dude. He's going to pop no. you. Hi everyone. This is a good time to introduce the, uh, 
Sponsor. Uh, the sponsor of the show of GBGB's Orville Redenbacher's mini theater <laughs> movie movie theater mini packs. <laughs> it's like you're at the movies, but it didn't cost you twelve dollars. We're like Fincher Orville pudding. Redenbacher's. Please don't kill Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Big Pop is coming at me. <laughs> Big Pop. <laughs> there was a lot of product placement in this movie. You want to talk about? You want to talk about the, What's the going movie? movie we saw? Okay, like, want to get into Affleck's attic? All right, let's let's open the door to the attic. Whoop! Here's the okay. ladder, guys. Let's go. So in. this week, boop, 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 boop. going into ladder. Hang Ryan, on, you got to climb Let's the ladder. In. All Come right, with me. All it's right. me, Jason Ryan. All the way. Oop. Oh, really creaky. Okay, and then let's do some foley work if we can work it in post. Um, foley kind of stairs. Yeah, some foley work. <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do. Okay, that's good. That's good. Ah. Uh. Yeah, that's There's one of those uh those those Christmas fish <laughs> or the Bass Pro Shop fish that sing. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. This week on Affleck's Attic, we watched an iconic Ben Affleck movie, um, Gone Girl, mm-hmm. 2014's Gone Girl. We watched two yes. big old stinkers right before Gone Girl. We watched Daredevil and Armageddon. Iconic, but stinkers nonetheless. This one is an iconic and pretty good. What do you guys think? Pretty good. Pretty good film. It, pass- it passes the pretty good test. Mm-hmm. It passes the pretty good test. Ryan, you've seen it a few times. Maybe I'll let you uh, to throw down on the synopsis. Okay, so the synopsis is it's a classic mystery thriller where we have a missing woman. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the way that most mystery novels do it, we don't know what happened, but we think that the main characters know what happened. So our lovable, lovable creature that we have mm-hmm. in front of us for two hours every week, Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. He plays the part of the husband of the woman who's gone missing. And also, suspect numero uno. Mm -hmm. And not only are we against Ben for the first half of the movie, but so are the police. So are the townsfolk. So really, this is where Ben's playing the villain for a long time, for the first time for us. Which I think was fantastic to see. And then, of course, the second half of the movie is him unraveling the mystery of what really happened to his wife after we found out that she's still out there. Oh, the turn. She's still sticking it to him. This is all all by design. Mm -hmm. And that's the great mystery of the movie. That's why it's stuck around for so long is because they're throwing a wrench in the classic whodunit. Who done it is nobody done it. It ain't mm-hmm. been done. It's been. <laughs> and yeah, so I think that's pretty much without going in spoilerific. We can that's, probably that'll come later. The spoils probably will come spoil. out naturally. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think that was a good breakdown, Ryan. Um, it was. Thanks. I winged it. Hundred percent winged, winged it. it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> okay, so let's break down our Ben meters for this movie. Uh, now, personally, 
I think my Ben meter is 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 a ten. This is Ben at his most Affleckiest. Like this is like a role that I think was made for him. Like you even got lines about his weird chin, how he has a villainous chin, he covers it. Like that's literally Ben Affleck in in the physical sense. And then you're you're also looking at a guy who's like, you know, people don't know what to think of him, and you know he's kind of has a weird affect. And I think that represents Ben so well, and I, I really think he was made for this role. So this is going to get a perfect 10 out of 10 for me. Chase, do you have a thought? I 100% agree with that. This has got to be up there for, for just Ben's standing, volume. He's mm-hmm. <laughs> It's been 10 years in the gap between daredevil and gone girl and ben is horny as hell and that's important for me okay first of all that's really important for me uh in my rating and he's just he's got solid ben energy throughout the whole performance i love it i agree he was also solid just in general in that movie yeah that's that's, that's where my ben meter is going to come in and talk about like okay once again I think I don't want to fall in line here, but I'm giving it a full, full, <laughs> full power Ben 10 here. And ben 10, fully torqued. I think not only was his acting just su- superb, but great, it yeah. was mm-hmm. very subtle. The most subtle in his career, I think, right? In that. Mm-hmm. He was understated and reserved when they were scrutinizing him and asking questions about how he murdered his wife. Mm-hmm. And then he was, he shifted to tired of it. You know, he's, it's, oh, I don't know, to, I don't know. Like, it, yeah. so, mm-hmm. so smoothly. And then eventually he's just trying to make light of it. He's telling jokes and they don't land. That's mm-hmm. what I love is like, he's willing to say these jokes that are pretty funny. And the cops are just having none of it. And he's just like, what, what, can I, what else can I do here? And then he goes from that into generally, like, genuinely excited when he solves a clue. Isn't that, like, fun? When he's, like, he's in the station, he's like, I know this one. It, yeah. <laughs> his, his range through this, I think, is just absolutely phenomenal. He's a total sleazebag. But um, <laughs> that's just the band that we know and are learning to love. Absolutely. And so all three of us gave gave him a Ben 10. Do we award this one the Omnitrix? Where, where we, all three of us... <laughs> it's a, yeah, this is the clean sweep on the Ben meter for the Absolutely. first and probably only time. Okay, we're giving this one the Omnitrix. <laughs> this has got, got our stamp of Ben approval. <laughs> when did... I, right. I noticed that he was... Um, was he getting big for Batman... In this movie. He was. That was my understanding. Like, they tried to make him look mm. like Dad Bod, but then you saw that dude's monster truck build, and I'm like, oh, that is bulking mode for a fucking yeah. superhero movie. Ben, ben was okay. I was, I was, I was Myron Ben. I was gazing mm-hmm. down on this Ben, and I was liking mm-hmm. what I was seeing. Mm. Okay, he was, he was chucked. Good looking dude, right here. You get a, you get a glimpse of Ben too. <laughs> You're Last talking about five the, minutes the, of the frontal, movie. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that is also part of my rating. It is you get the full Ben experience, yeah. and that is also why he gets a ten. Um, 
I agree with, with what you said, Ryan, where he had a lot of, you, you saw a lot, you see a lot, a lot of different sides of him throughout the movie it's as, as it kind of shifts and turns. And especially like you said, when he was under scrutiny, because um, when people were kind of analyzing his actions, I don't know if you guys have been in those situations where you're like, okay, I don't want to seem suspect. And then you seem even more suspect when you're trying to be like really cash. Like when you're just trying to hide like a birthday present for somebody's like, Oh, nothing. It's cool. Yeah, I'm cool. Like, you know, and I think he played that to a T. Yeah, I agree. And um, my favorite part of the whole movie is him and the cat. <laughs> okay. Wait, which part with him and the cat? Yeah. No, the whole movie. That's that's the that's the key, you guys. And oh, thank God for you saying that, Nally, because that's the key to the whole movie. You have to watch the cat. Were you mm -hmm. guys not watching the cat for two hours? I, I loved all the cat scenes, so but I want to hear what you said. What, okay. Because I don't I don't think I follow. The cat is the key. You have to watch the cat. Killers aren't nice to animals, guys. That's the whole deal. <laughs> the, the first sign of psychotic, like psychosis in a human yeah. is like animal abuse. Right. And throughout the whole movie, Ben is just so concerned with the well-being of this cat that he and he picks him up at all at all points in times when he whenever he can. And we even have this offhand thing about he told the cop to go to his house to feed yeah. the cat. And that's just, I think, so great because it's this little hint that inside he could never kill something. He can never hurt anything. He's just, he's too good. See, I agree, right? I, yeah. I have to agree, but I think we're also... There's a lot to unpack in this movie psychologically that I'm not qualified for because I mm. have no clue. But it does feel like that's a bit of a leap because I, I, I totally get it. There is a, a large link between like serial killers and animal cruelty. Yes. But I think... And he, he's really nice to the animal, but I, I wasn't necessarily led to believe that he was a serial killer. Um... Maybe just a single killer. Yeah. Well, just right. His wife. But this isn't an episode. We're not doing an episode of Mindhunter here. We're just. Mm. This is mm -hmm. obviously a script. It was a. Okay. It was a characterization yeah. that showed that he's a decent guy yeah. who cares for for an animal, right? It was I, a nice animal too. I was thrown. There's a scene where, I think I believe Ben walks into a room and there's a cat bed on top of a counter and the cat is sitting in it, and for the next hour and a half after that, I, I just thought that the cat was CGI the whole time. <laughs> uh, from that one scene, there are other scenes where where I, heated arguments between Yuri and I, where she pick she pick he would pick up the cat. I'd be like, yeah, that's a real cat, okay. But in that yeah. one scene, I swear <laughs> to God that the cat was fake. And I think I've spent most of my time preparing for this podcast today, googling whether or not it was a real cat. <laughs> you know, you could be right, Jace, because cats are the most difficult animal to train to do the correct thing. He can't hit his mark, dude, like a dog or a horse can, you know? Like, there's no, like, there's tons of horse movies, but there's no, like, cat movies. Well, do we, do we want to get into kind of um, how this movie resolves itself a little bit, too? Because um, I think that was uh, a huge, and that was another turn, I think, towards that last little, little part. Um, you know, Rosamund Pike, who plays uh, the guy's allegedly missing wife. Um, amazing, amazing performance. She um, is so good. And I, the thing is, is like when I uh, first saw her scenes, 
I thought her acting was really weird. Like it was wooden and, and like it seemed like the dialogue of a very strange person. But then as I go through, I'm like, oh, she's she's a psychopath. Like that that totally makes sense. Now her, her weird dialogue totally. That's how a psychopath fucking talks. Um, but anyways, Rosamund Pike's character, um, she sees Ben Affleck's um, interview on TV where he's kind of uh, describing his wife. Uh, you know, showing remorse for for cheating on her, which is a whole another subplot there in the movie. Um, and she decides uh, instead of continuing to frame him uh, for her alleged murder, she wants to come home. Um, and then uh, hijinks ensue when she comes back, <laughs> as, as some might say. Yeah. Hijinks. When when you say hijinks, I'm not thinking of like Trent Reznor's and Atticus Ross's like huge gut punching. You know strings on metal like mm -hmm. score that they put to that scene i'm thinking of like benny hill like <laughs> it was yeah it, to, to put it in short terms um man how do i how do i even <laughs> describe what happens here she basically frames another guy uh for kidnapping him for kidnapping her and then murders him uh, and then comes back home and basically makes this whole story up that like, oh, my husband's innocent. This other guy kidnapped me and basically like locked me in his home. And then I murdered him and now I'm free and everything's great. And then we're going to live happily ever after. I got really, I had to, I had to do something that Ryan talked about when we were discussing Daredevil or it's like, just take the movie as it is and accept mm -hmm. kind of like, accept the physics or accept the reality of that movie. Because I got way too into that scene itself. Like, it's 2014. People have cell phones. They didn't track that this guy who lives in St. Louis wasn't at the lake house until until she got taken there. They that After she comes back, there's an interview with the police. And all of them, except uh, the detective, I think Rhonda Boney, who... Mm -hmm another phenomenal performance i really liked her i think she was like one yeah, of the only people oh, that we could yeah, be totally. that was like reliable that wasn't a part of the story that you're like okay i could see how this person is thinking but they like mm -hmm. botched that like she was like go check the tapes and if they would have checked the tapes they would have seen her probably coming back and being there and living there and being fine and neil patrick harris being like oh i can get you whatever you need that is that's a good point. Yeah, everything was filmed in uh, Neil Patrick Harris's place that she was allegedly kidnapped, right? And they would have found evidence that it was all bullshit. Yeah, basically what she was saying. So I had to. Yeah, I, had I do to... agree. I I do have a bit. I do have a way to refute that a little bit, though, Jace. I think that's a, a message and a point that the movie is trying to make. The movie is trying to make that the celebrity culture we give that we bestow upon these survivors and well, sometimes perpetrators of these crimes um, can really, really, really obscure the truth yeah. and can stop people from looking into it. And you pointed out the one cop was the only person to see through it. And that, and we're supposed to be that cop. The audience is that cop. Mm -hmm. like, wait, that doesn't make oh, any sense. Mm -hmm. There's a thousand things wrong with that story. Yeah. And everybody's mm -hmm. like, Oh, shut up. But it's such a good story. Oh man, she fought her way back. Don't question her. Yeah. I don't know what accent that is. And uh, <laughs> it was and a I pregnant think, neighbor. I think some of it, yeah. Jason. I think some of it can be written off to that. Is that's the whole point? Like we're angry, we're frustrated. We're like, but Ben would go free if we if you just looked into this. Yeah. And that's why Ben 
and Tyler Perry, who did great, honestly. Oh, Tyler Perry was great, dude. I love his And yeah. yeah, and they're sitting in the bar, and that's why they're so frustrated. Yeah, I can't. I Tyler think I Perry. came to that. The important part for me was was throwing out that like the the outside view from us of knowing all the information, poking the holes in it, and be like, just go fucking look at her cameras. What's going on here? <laughs> Sorry, it was a frustrating ending yeah and tyler perry i think wrapped it up really nicely where he's basically just like you guys are really fucked up like you guys deserve each other i'm fucking out like he just leaves like <laughs> the other thing too if, if we could um we could talk about ben affleck's character a bit and we, we touched on this a little bit i think um is was he necessarily a good guy or a villain in this movie um because I think he's portrayed as maybe not the best guy. Like, maybe he's kind of even kind of an asshole. Um, not a very good husband, but certainly not a, the despicable person that, you know, he's trying to be depicted as, you know, mm -hmm. by, by, his, uh, by his wife who's trying to frame him. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> but uh, they, they I'm, it comes, he should have asked for that divorce a few years earlier. <laughs> yeah like he is he is a piece of shit to his wife but like does he deserve to be because because the ending basically of the movie is rosamund pike's character the wife basically entraps him in the marriage by impregnating herself with his uh with his semen apparently from the sperm bank which is insane <laughs> like um and then is like well that's how it happened you, basically yeah Oh yeah. man, the whole time I was honestly like, that has to be like NPH's kid, right? Because they didn't, uh, they didn't touch no, each yeah. other. And then I remember the uh, the sperm bank. The, okay, now I remember the scene at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Not what he says. He's like, crazy, I threw, right? like, I saw the notice in the trash, and she's like, Yeah, the notice. Like, yeah, I'm like, obviously responding to it behind your back. Uh, and so, without his consent, basically, they're having a kid together, and he's entrapped in there. It's like. Yeah, he was a piece of shit, but does he deserve to be entrapped with a, like, murderous psychopath for the rest of his life raising his kid? Like, and I feel like that kid is going to grow up to be real fucked up, not just from Ben Affleck, but also Rosamund Pike. <laughs> I think the, um, without the malicious intent of the whole murder thing, I, he's probably just as, in my mind, he's probably just as bad as Amazing Amy. What? You think I so? think you think he's just I, as bad as Amy. I think that they're both. Um, if you if you th there's obviously the murder thing. I think they're both <laughs> playing into this. They both play into their relationship. Neither of them want to be together. Neither of them care yeah. about actual marriage. They're both. I think it touches on it. It's like they're both playing a part for each other. I kind of think they're both addicted to it. Um, mm -hmm. and I think well, I think they're both. It's like so they both got something going on they they play and act together it's like they're actors in the marriage is like a a, a fight between them of control and acting like mm -hmm. who they need to be and she touches on that right. at the end like a toxic codependence kind of yeah so i i i do think that he is because of that like if you take out the murder i mean you can't really take out the murder portion it's part of the movie but <laughs> they're both they're both bad people and I think he's a bad guy because of the way that uh, it didn't have to go down the way that it did. She's obviously crazier than he is, but <laughs> yeah, 
I think she, yeah, she did slit a guy's throat with a box cutter. I don't think Ben Affleck's character would have done that, but yeah, I think he has a very the, the other thing idea is about that this movie changes yeah. dramatically on second viewing, dramatically, and yeah, the, because when you're watching it, you're and you're seeing all her scenes, you're taking them at face value. Yeah. yeah, and then later you learn that they're not they never never happened. So you're like, oh okay, that's kind of ha ha ha. But the next time you watch it, you'll go into it watching the scenes, knowing that they never happened. Not mm -hmm. like the order yeah. of that you know information will change how you uh, realize like what's actually happening in those yeah. scenes. I think so, throughout the movie, I was able to rescind like because mm -hmm. I, I text, I messaged you guys in the middle of it. I was like, oh, I'm totally like Team Amy right now. And, yeah. And but I think in the last you know quarter of it, we learned that she started off that journal with true events to see how their relationship started, and then it moved into that morphed, fucked up relationship yeah. part. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I was like, oh okay, a lot of that shit was was fake. Yeah. Is the kind of logical sequel to this movie um, Gone Guy, where Ben Affleck uh, fakes his own murder? And then runs away five years later. Frames no, it's her here, guy. It's it's here. <laughs> We're not talking opposite of the movie. He I'm always goes to his sequel. son's little league games. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> pretended like there. he pretended like he was gonna have a long golf weekend, and he actually stayed home. And his wife and son woke up to a really nice breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> like the only way he could get out of that situation i feel is is one obviously still going through with the divorce and just accepting that he's gonna look like a humongous asshole leaving his wife that you know like survived all of that and then came back and has a kid and everything um or if he faked his own murder and then framed his wife Shit. does two wrongs That's make a, a right good idea <laughs> Gone guy. <laughs> he fakes his own murder and never lets her in on it. Yeah. So that she thinks he's dead. Yeah. Good, and then... good boys gone guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna email Gillian Flynn right now and then just to just to throw this out for her yeah. as a sequel. sequel. Of the um, I think does gone boy sound better? No, gone guy. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm, gone guy. Okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine. The, yeah. Um, I, I need to nerd out for a second. Yeah? It's that time? Please, by all means. It's that time, um, everybody! Ryan's Nerd Corner! It's <laughs> obvious gather? that Gillian Flynn, who also who wrote the book and the, the, the yeah. screenplay, it's obvious that she knows somewhat about the legal field. Yeah. Um, compared to the movie Daredevil, this is like complete opposite <laughs> because you have a lawyer in here who's actually talking and not saying like, mm -hmm. I am a lawyer, uh, courtroom, uh, judge, uh, yeah. objection. It's not, he's not like rattling <laughs> off like legal words like Daredevil did, but she used, objection, you're on She said, um, the, the word deposition, yeah. which is great. Like. Um, people don't normally think of depositions as a big part of the job. Like, mm -hmm. like I don't think lay people do, but it is. It's a huge part of the job. Um, and then he used the word, uh, Tyler Perry's character used the word lethal injection. 
and not electric chair. Hasn't the electric chair not been in use since like right. the 1890s or something? You're, but, if you're, but if you're a person riding something and you want to talk about someone getting executed and you want drama in it, you're going to use the word electric chair when you're making a movie. Yeah. For punchy. Right. He's going to get the electric chair. Yeah. And my clients don't get the electric chair. No, he used the word lethal injection. And I think mm -hmm. that's a really interesting way to show, oh, this guy's actually, like, this character's believable compared to Daredevil, yeah. who was, did not even know how the difference between <laughs> a civil and criminal trial worked. Like, oh. No, that's that's a good point, Ryan. Yeah, I, I, I got the vibe that they really knew what they are doing, like, in the script, as far as, like, the research and everything. And that's, that's I'm glad to hear that you, as, like, a lawyer, like, are, were sat was satisfied with that. I have something that I'd like to talk about that I noticed. Yeah, go ahead. That maybe yeah. you guys saw. Um, I thought about it and I saw it and it was, it's really clear in the very beginning of the film uh, in the opening sequence where just about every scene is really, um, uh, is really symmetric. Where I think mm -hmm. the, throughout, throughout the whole opening sequence you're, you're presented with a lot of shots that are symmetric about each other with like a little bit of asymmetry so like ben standing in the front of his driveway with his house behind him uh with two trash cans on one side but like equal spacing you see it at different times too like there's a purely symmetric shot of the like of the of the kfc sign uh which i made a joke earlier about product placement it seemed like there was a lot of it in this movie um, oh, that one. <laughs> a, a scene where you have two signs of Amazing Amy uh, with Ben and the parents in the middle of it. But then also, besides the symmetry in the shots, you see, like, uh, symmetry in the film and some of these shots that are happening at the beginning of the film and the end of the film, where at the beginning you see Ben, uh, who's monologuing, like, playing with his wife, playing with Amazing Amy's hair. And you see that scene at the end. Um, there are, like... There's a direct scene where where he opens up the door and he looks outside and you get the same thing with Amy in the trailer park. And I thought it was cool, mainly because I picked up on it on the very beginning and I was trying to think like a little bit analytically, but like I saw the symmetry mm -hmm. in all the shots. And then I noticed that at the beginning of the film, there were some of these shots and you were seeing almost like just almost the exact same shot with Amy as you were with. I forgot Ben's character. Nick. Nick, and then you were seeing similar shots at the beginning of the film and the end of the film. Jace, I am so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> you have gone from just a gut reaction, hit me on the face with your film, and I'm going to see what sticks, to looking and remembering <laughs> shots from the, the film and telling us what you liked about individual shots. Or like, come, we've come a long made, way. Yeah, Jace just learned about what shots were last week. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> you made complete sense, Jace. And I agree with you. That's a really good point. I didn't notice a lot of that stuff. And that's what... And now our conversations can, I think, just get better and better. Um, I'm happy. That, I, that's, that's really cool. That's a good point. Maybe the real Gone Girl was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I want to talk about my overall personal movie, it's going to talk a lot along the same line. Um, there was a scene about their, like, I think two-year anniversary or something where they give each other the same sheets in the Chinese restaurant. 
mm-hmm. and that was shot really well. And it's just a it's just a dialogue scene, but Fincher makes it interesting by really really stricting, um, sticking strictly to the one hundred and eighty degree rule. Jace, do you know about this rule? When you're shooting no. a uh, shot that has multiple characters in it, and they stay stationary, you want the care you want the camera to stay on one side of them. So that one character is always on the left in the shots and one character is always on the right. You don't want to switch them around because then the viewer gets disoriented. And um, I think Armageddon broke this within six seconds of like the opening. (laughs) I don't know what Michael Bay is doing with that camera. Yeah. (laughs) But it's Uh, not good. (laughs) But just things like that. There was a lot of care gone into not only the whole set design, but each individual shot. My favorite shot in the movie was when amy was in the bathtub and she's laying laying there and she's talking about my i think my husband's going going crazy and we see the horror movie shot which is we're looking at amy but ben walks in front of the camera and then it switches to him like going through the doorway what she sees and it looks really scary Mm. and she slinks down below the water like that is just a great scene I heard Michael Bay actually did try to crash an asteroid into Earth just to, like, kind of have the real footage, the raw footage. That's how he got all the money to make the movie. <laughs> he held Earth ransom. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did save Earth in 1997. I think I was too young to remember it. Well, those are, all, those are all really good points. As far as individual scenes go, you guys have already hit most of those uh, for me. Like, all the ones that stand out or, like, the, the shots that you guys talked about. You know, I'm I'm definitely in agreement there. The score by the Nine Inch Nails guy was was great. I was on edge the whole time. Yeah. So I think I think overall, um, you know, I'm ready to give you know my overall impression. If you guys are, if you guys are ready, you guys want to give our our, uh, our scores on this? Sure. Yeah, let's go. Okay. All right. So start us off. I want to give an overall score for this movie. Um, outside of the Ben rating, of course, completely outside. I'm mm-hmm. going to give it uh, a solid 9.5 uh, for me. Really enjoyed it across the board. The only gripe, and this is like so minimal that like it's not even worth mentioning to me, um, was that some of the dialogue for me was a little too quippy. Like for me, it's kind of too, like when, when a scene's written too well where people are kind of going back and forth and back and forth and they're kind of almost interrupting each other with quips, that really throws me off of a movie really hard, especially their flirtation, like Ben and Rosamund Pike's flirtatious scenes that kind of pulled me out of the movie a little bit i thought it kind of made me cringe a little bit extremely minor didn't throw off the movie for me um that's that's going to be why i give it a 9.5 loved it otherwise yeah um i can i i agree denali uh i don't adhere to the 0.5 scale oh okay okay so i have to go in my personal subjective opinion it's a 10 Okay, you're wrong, uh, I, but that's fine. I, yeah, that's okay. I love this movie. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you about the script, and I actually call that effect the Gilmore Girl effect. Um, I think the the writing on Gilmore Girl is terrible because it's too good. Mm, it's, okay. you know, snappy, 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 snappy. No one would ever say those things. Um, right. I would chalk that up to being Gillian Flynn's first, you know, her first shot at uh, writing the scripts. So that's, I mean, that is what it is. My other complaint would be the pacing 
in the third act after Amy gets back. I think there's like four scenes of them like going to events together and showing off that they're a couple still, and that could be chalked down to like two. Yeah. Um, there's still some great stuff in the in the end, so I so I still once again I have an excuse or a reason I can give it a ten. If I did it, if I did it here to point five, I give it not point okay. five, but I think I'm going with ten. You make the rules, dog. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if I could, oh I I want to so bad. I'm a, I'm a rule. I'm a I'm not a rule maker. I'm a rule breaker. No, I am not a rule breaker, and I'm also not the rule maker. I'm a rule. You're a rule rule adherer. Yes. Denali, what was your nickname? Um, the jackhammer. Denali, oh, the rule like... jackhammer. <laughs> the rule. I break them. Ryan follows them. Jace, what does he do? Um. He... Tries to get a uh, subverts them. I don't know. <laughs> subverts them. Subverts the rules. The rule subverter. Wow, wow, wow. We didn't use our nicknames the entire podcast. God, can we no. edit and post? Just I'll say I'll say it by myself. Just that's fine. So yeah, so I'm Ryan the Daredevil. Jackhammer. No, God damn it, Ryan! I knew you'd do this. I knew you'd do this. I fine. I'm my name's Jace the Jackhammer. <laughs> If we all want to be Jackhammer, we can call each other that the whole podcast. All right, uh, Jackhammer, what did you think of the, the 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 movie? Your overall score? The only Jackhammer who hasn't spoken yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I wanted to. I had a. Um, I don't know if there's room for a comment or if I should just go straight into my review. No, go ahead. I I thought that the the quippy commentary. I actually when you when you bring that up, I didn't think about that before, but I liked it. And I liked it because we see the story and we hear that story from the perspective of a famous writer. And I think almost when you go back in your own mind, and it kind of makes me think about those times when, like, I got into a situation and I said something really fucking stupid. And then, like, two hours later, <laughs> two hours later, I'm like, man, I wish I would have said this. Or it's like you're in an <laughs> argument. So it's kind of almost presented like um, – it's almost presented like – you know, the idealized version of a situation when they were meeting each other. Like, it was... That's a good point, yeah. Like, fairy tale romanticized. So, I, this, so, into my rating, I actually have... It's gone up from yesterday. So, we finished it, and I was, mm -hmm. getting, I was like, uh, maybe six or seven. Like, oh, I okay. honestly Whoa, wasn't yeah. thinking... And this is... It, I've been trying to think about the movie in, like, a way that I could talk about it with you guys. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, I'm going to push it up to an eight. Uh, as of right nice. now, that's big of you. Maybe it needs a second viewing, like Ryan said. But mm -hmm. after I finished it, I wasn't really ever like, man, I want to watch this again. But yeah. totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So, but I we took the I love I loved them. I actually really enjoyed the music. I enjoyed watching the film. I thought all the shots, like watching this compared to the other two movies that we reviewed. Obviously, the shots <laughs> are really good. There's a lot of thought that's going into things. Um, everything looks good. The performances were good. So right now it's sitting in an eight and that's just because personally, I'm not like a thriller guy and like have knowing, knowing the ending of the movie, like being able to sit there yeah. and think through the movie about what's going to happen really gives to me, gives that first initial impression of an eight. You know what my favorite, um, you know what my favorite David Fincher movie is out of all his like super good movies? Alien Go I'm, I'm, Yeah, that's the funny thing. That's the funny that's thing the is because he, 
Um, he's totally like disowned that movie. You know <laughs> what? Okay, we we gave it pretty good ratings. What do we give Armageddon? Do we want to retroactively rate Daredevil as well, just real quick? Um, it, it's gonna be a one for me for Daredevil. A one? Yeah, it's a one. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 wait. So, no, I gave I gave Armageddon what a two point five. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, I gotta do this to scale. Okay. Daredevil was better to Armaged better than Armageddon to me, so I'll give it three. Yeah. I'm actually gonna probably go with a four on Daredevil. Um, there were really good parts and there were really, really, really bad parts, and most of it was really bad. Okay. We don't have to give another Daredevil review, but I just want to get like a, kind of like a flow yeah. for our, our ratings. Yeah. Jace, do you have do you have a a number you want to give Daredevil? I'd give it a four. Uh I can't go des four or five. There were some good action scenes. But you can do. Dated. You make up your own scale. You can do. You make your own scale. I know, you can but do I can't. I can't. Want. I can't compare it to fucking Gone Girl. I don't. I'm not there yet. <laughs> so we went really low on the scale to like really high because we're all we're all shooting. You know, even eight at eight and above. Mm -hmm. um, and then we were we were dredging the bottom of the ocean with with Armageddon. Um, <laughs> for our next movie, do we want to? dive back into the depths of Ben Affleck's popular yet storied career um, and pick a movie that maybe doesn't have as much critical acclaim to balance things out. Saving Christmas is my... Because <laughs> <laughs> right now we're approaching, we're getting closer and closer to the critical inflection point, which, which I, I wait for when we're doing... And any, any, anytime someone watches like a ton of like one person's movie... Is when you get past all the iconic ones, you know, quickly go through those, and then you start going into the, <laughs> the real shitter. Hmm. <laughs> some real, like you're getting into Geely, you're getting into Live by Night, you're getting into some of these other ones that is just ripe, I think, for for discussion. No, man, I th I think Ben still got some t some some. Pull. He's got some. He's definitely he's got, got some. Argo. He's, he's got, got Ar Goodwill yeah. Hunting. Yeah. Do we even want to do Goodwill Hunting? Because that's just. That's so obviously a good movie. I, I just... actually haven't seen. I don't believe in a way that I can remember Goodwill Hunting. Oh well, it's not I your fault. I think I've sat down to I... watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Goodwill Hunting joke. Cool. Goodwill Hunting joke. <laughs> um, My good willies out there will we'll get it. So uh, may I just just pitch paycheck real quick. 2003's uh, paycheck. Now, this 2003 was his great run. Um, he is a top. Okay, Ben Affleck plays a top-notch reverse engineer. Corporations pay him to crack the secrets of their competitors' products. When the job is done, he has his memory of it erased. All right, he's hired to reverse engineer a top-secret government device. After the job, he wakes from the memory erasure to find himself being chased by various agencies. He soon realizes the fate of the entire world may be in his hands. It has got a solid 27% Rotten Tomatoes. I want to um, watch this so fucking bad, I cannot even... <laughs> <laughs> I just... That, that... It just... looks really fucking bad. <laughs> it came I out think... on Christmas Day. <laughs> Wait, I just also want to look up Ben Affleck's royalties for each movie we watch, just to calculate how much money I've exactly given to him. That way... So um, if I do encounter him, I'll be like, "You owe me at least a lunch, dude." Like, <laughs> Denali, I love getting paid. So, why don't you introduce our next movie? That is a great segue, Jace. Um, 
I also like getting paid. We can talk about that later. Um, but mm. I think we should watch Paycheck. Um, it's easy to find on streaming, and I think it'll give us a good, a solid, like, bad Ben Affleck movie after that this, that this good one. You know, it's yeah, just like a sommelier says, you got to have a contrast. None of us have seen it, right? I have not seen it, definitely. Not yeah. seen it. So if none of us have seen it, we should definitely do it. And we can give fresh opinions on these, because I think I've seen... No, I yeah, I've seen all of them so far. So this I haven't is the seen, first one. I hadn't seen Armageddon. I didn't know this Ben Affleck be... was in Armageddon, but I saw it a long time ago. Same. So, Paycheck, that's going to be next week. We got Ben Affleck. We've got Aaron Eckhart and many others. <laughs> Guys, I found okay. this copy of Paycheck in the attic. <laughs> Let's uh, watch it. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I know we're stuck up here from us, but could we eat it first? <laughs> no, let's let's play the paycheck DVD. That way it gets a little warm before we eat it. So that's the only reason why I want to watch it up here. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh joining us this week on Good Boys Gone Bland. We had a good Affleck's attic session with a movie we actually enjoyed. That was actually nice, guys. We got to talk about a movie that was good. We didn't have to rip on it so much. You got a good positive energy with that one. Um, Good week to do. I'm looking forward to next week. Um, You guys guys got any uh, sponsors, anything, any announcements to plug uh, before we end the show? Um, I bought new earbuds last week from Samsung. And I, I don't like them. You don't like them. All right. No. Let's not say the brand so we don't lose money. So I wish I would have bought Raycons. Oh, okay. All right. Please send. Jace, you got any sponsors for us this week? I don't have any sponsors, but uh, if there's any viewers out there, I'd like to know what you think about the popcorn curve. Get out there, help Ryan out, and run the experiment yourselves. Oh, yeah. Tweet at us. Uh, email us. Um, we don't send have a fax. An official... Yeah, we don't have an official fax number yet. Um, probably the best way to reach out to us is to DM us on Instagram. A pigeon, Facebook, a carrier pigeon. P- carrier pigeon. Send it to Ryan's address. Mm-hmm. Send as many as you can. Um, yep. And then we'll, we can kind of talk about your discussion questions and whatnot. Uh, so thanks so much, guys. That's uh, GBGBs. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.